Hello and welcome to episode 17 of A Wee Bit of Everything with your hosts, Clark Burrow and Lewis Cleland. Each time we have the honour of interviewing an athlete, the questions will be shaped around the Scottish physical education skill curriculum. This will allow us to get an insight into how athletes gather information on their skills and fitness levels. It will also reveal how they would plan a period of training to develop their areas of development. First hand, we'll get a personal insight into how the mental, emotional, physical and social factors impact their performance and how they utilise or manage these factors. This week on the podcast, we're delighted to welcome Sean Cook. Sean is on today to talk to us about all things volleyball. He's 28 years old from Perth, Scotland. Most recent achievements include fifth place at the Commonwealth Games, runner-up in the Dutch National Cup, league champion of the Netherlands and looking likely to be national playoff champions before coronavirus affected their season. We're both really looking forward to this one, therefore I think it's about time we get him onto the show. Right, Sean, thanks very much for agreeing to do this today. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm good. I'm really good, yeah. Good, man. Thanks very much for doing this. So we'll just dive straight in. Before we get into it, could you give us and the people listening just a little bit more of a background information on your volleyball experience thus far? Because I only briefly touched on it um, in the introduction. Yeah, so uh, I started playing professionally around when I was 16. I went to the University of Bath to join the like the GB setup there for beach volleyball. Uh, I was there for two years, uh, did like world champs under 21s, world university beach game, uh, beach volleyball champs, uh, like the university championships. So finished 13th on both the world things and then won uh, a bunch of like university titles. Then I moved to indoor uh, the season before the London Olympics. Uh, we won the English title for like the league, the cup, university stuff uh just missed out on going to london olympics as an indoor player like that was the like second last in my position to not make it basically mm-hmm. and then I, I continued in my indoor career and have played in england and holland and got national titles in both places and when you mean indoor that's yeah. 6v6 yeah yeah indoor right. is 6v6 volleyball yeah right so you went to so yeah. you you started off playing beach volleyball before moving into to indoor yeah, so I, because I, I, I enjoyed beach volleyball more, and I thought I'd, I'd be better at it. Um, mm-hmm. but then we lost our funding leading into like the London Olympics, and then after that, I seen, I seen a career path was a bit easier to do it indoor, uh, yeah. that way. So yeah. So did you always have a? Was that, a was that two, on you go, mate. Was that was that two v two beach volleyball or was that six v six? Yeah, two v two beach volleyball. So like yeah. beach volleyball, like I guess because. Where I'll talk about it, I just pretend that everyone understands exactly what I'm talking about. No, sorry. But uh, I listened to Ross's stuff as well, so he did yeah. he did a pretty good job of uh, like talking about it. But yeah, so beach volleyball for me, I only really ever play two v two, and it's like men's, so it's, I only ever play with another dude against two other guys. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of co-ed volleyball that goes on as well, but I, I can't do that because I, I play too evenly with the the whoever I play with, the lady I play with, and then I get into trouble for playing too, with too much equality, apparently. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so indoors, 6v6 all the time as well for me. So did you always have a vision of playing at that kind of level? Or when, when did you kind of think it was apparent that you were going to make it kind of as, as a career? Uh, 
at that level in the squad. I didn't. I never. I never really thought I'd make it that far. I, I when I was younger, I did a lot of swimming. I enjoyed swimming. I didn't. I don't know if I enjoyed it, but I don't, I don't think anyone really enjoys swimming, Lance. But <laughs> I, from then, I was like, I want. I wanted to be an Olympian. That was kind of like what I wanted to do. I wanted to play sports, and uh, I got into rugby in a really big way. Like I was like in the Scotland juniors, leading up, played for my county. I really enjoyed that and then there was like one year I had the decision like do I like kind of delve into volleyball or do I mm -hmm. like stick with the rugby and I decided to go the, the volleyball path and volleyball. I never really thought it would like get to where I'm at. So again you just kind of stuck at it through enjoyment really the sounds of it. Yeah 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 and then like because I kept doing stuff and like kept committing to things like just kind of doors kept opening up and they led to like better and better opportunities so it was, yeah, it was pretty nice. Brilliant. So with regards to lockdown, how have you been able to, I know you said there at the start that it's kind of relaxed a lot more now, but at the very start, how had you adapted your training and stuff to make sure you were still keeping on top of your performance levels? Yeah, so I was, I was playing in uh, the Netherlands this year and they went into lockdown pretty early and I had a friend coming back from Germany. He was playing professional in Germany. So I came back with him and I was in, I was in Scotland with my parents for like three months, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And I, continued to train under the assumption that I would be going back to finish my season. So I was like still eating, like keeping, keeping to my nutrition plan, doing like, I couldn't do really do volleyball, but my, my parents played, my dad played for Scotland. So I was able to like kind of continue doing like little control drills, like nothing really as major as I, I could. And then uh, I continued to do like my strength work. So I, and my parents wouldn't leave me, let me leave the house. Like it was like, hardcore lockdown I wasn't allowed yeah. out so yeah and I like I just wanted to go to the shops and like buy some food like just a little bit of like uh, I I yeah. yeah yeah and then like do you, do you I, have a gym in the house no uh I managed to get like uh a, a, like a little tiny little barbell from my sister and yep. I picked that up and I think I had 30 kilos and then I have like a bunch of bands like elastics that I just like I did a lot of isometric training and uh, kind of used the bands to like kind of like make the weight a little bit harder. But mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. like pumped up the repetitions and I was so I did a good job. I actually I dropped ten kilos in those three months uh, of fat with all my conditioning and stuff. So I, I did a I think I did a pretty good job of it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, now in America, we we kind of created our own little bubble. Uh, of training so we have a, a decent little training group here so like moving more into beach volleyball here because the beach is super close mm -hmm. so we just cycled down and we always train with like the same four or six people who are all taking like the, the lockdown like restrictions pretty serious because there's people that are at like partying and stuff and we're trying to stay away from those people so yeah so are they volleyball players as well yeah with so my fiance yeah so uh, over here I'm just doing uh, beach volleyball and normally for beach volleyball, you play for like kind of like yourself or your country or like on your national tour, you can play like just with like anybody. But, uh, so I'm playing with uh, or training with a woman that represents the British Virgin Islands. So she's still in Olympic qualifiers. Her husband, who play, I play with when I come out here. Uh, and then my fiance, she also played like a really high level volleyball. So and then some others around us as well. So it's it's. Pretty good training for us. Sounds good. Decent. Yeah, so before we move on to some, uh, we're going to move on to some training related questions now. Uh, yeah. 
So before you start your volleyball season in the, in the Netherlands, did you review yeah. like your previous season's results or any stats to, to set targets? Can you give us an example of that if you did? Um, so it's, it's quite difficult because normally I only have like a year contract with the team. Um, so when we went out, we kind of sit down as a team and like review what we want from the season. So like we kind of like set the standard and then we could do like physical targets and like what we think is a, a good level of like for each individual. So there's not much like comparison to the year before, like as a team. Mm -hmm. But individually, there's like a lot of like individual targets made and like the metrics of like what makes a a volleyball player and especially in the Netherlands. So like fat percentage, jump high, like so that stuff we, we review quite a lot. So that's yeah, it's yeah. kind of yeah. Individual and then, and then team how, stuff how, how often would you look at your body fat? How often would you need to review that? Um, so like jump testing and strength training was kind of like three months and then the body fat got looked at like periodically. It was kind of hit or miss. Uh, we had a doctor, like a team doctor that kind of like did some preseason screening, like checked like the lungs and everything. And then, uh, like full body, like went through every joint. It was kind of horrible, like feeling them hyperextend stuff. And then we did it like pre-European competition. So that was like a big phase of our season. And then like because of the the coronavirus we missed i think we missed our last like kind of checkup mm -hmm. so it'll be three over the course of the season there so jeff you need to look after yourself then and make sure you're on the ball with that yeah because uh when you come into training and you start telling your teammates your body fat there's always that one guy that's like yeah i'm only like five percent you're like sweet <laughs> good for you <laughs> see see in terms of like longevity like obviously i'm not from a volleyball background but in terms of longevity in the, yeah. in the sport of volleyball what's the typical age that you would retire is it is it quite long because I, I imagine there's a lot of jumping obviously hard surfaces and stuff like that is that dependent on your position or so yeah it, volleyball is quite dependent on your position normally there's only like two positions in volleyball the the libero who's like the defense specialist who never jumps mm -hmm. and the setter who's kind of like the the standoff or the quarterback they're involved in every play and they kind of run plays like they don't mm -hmm. do as much like kind of like aggressive jumping uh so those guys will last longer but a lot of all, like all the other positions you won't last too long because you jump in so many times your knees are going to get blown out uh yeah. so i think i think like i think it's like 30 32 indoors but beach beach volleyball you can last way longer because it's like yeah. it's, the sand's easier and like the it's kind of like a beach is more like a chess match instead of like full out power like indoor is mm -hmm. So there's, I think there's currently one of the top US teams, uh, one of the players, he's 41, and he's looking like he's going to go to the Olympics. So there's quite a long wow. career on the beach. That's yeah. interesting. So what, posi that. what position are you? You've got a few years left. Uh, I am looking to be finished with indoors now uh, because my fiance, she's from America, and we kind of, like, she's lived in Europe for a while now. So it's kind of, we're looking to like, move beach on, volleyball. I guess. Yeah, so I'm going to go back to beach volleyball, and that's because my career as well can last longer doing that. So. Yeah. Got another decade in California, sounds good. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the weather out here adds to that longevity. Uh -huh. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, for your joints and everything like that as well. The heat definitely is yeah. a bonus. Yeah, and you don't mind going out training every day since mm -hmm. like, it never snows. It's just such a I big, don't think like, I've last 10 minutes back here. Yeah. Well, 
No, I'm saying like same places like California when you've got that beach, you've got the weather, there's just such a big fitness community, isn't there? Everyone out running, roller skating, cycling, mm-hmm. workouts yeah, on the beach and everything. It's, it's just it's a great buzz to be around, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's like the comparison, like especially here from like where I've been in America, like here is insane. Like, because mm-hmm. I'll have training sometimes at 6 a.m. And there'll be like squadrons of people just like running. Yeah. Like, and not like out jogging. They're like running. Training hard. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, inspiring for you, but as well, going down like that. That must help with motivation yeah, levels. I'm like, I'm like 6 a.m. And these people are out earlier than me. I, I got I yeah. to do a little bit more in the morning, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so I... So as a volleyball player, um, there's obviously many different components of fitness which are really important to play in the sport. Um, Can you maybe talk us through approaches that you use to develop certain aspects like agility, power, uh, balance? Yeah. One, talk us through the process. uh, I think um, probably power is is one that I kind of like try to develop the most. Um, I think like the... Other things of like I was quite lucky because I did beach first and then moved to indoor, so I was able to like draw on, like moving quick on the sand to indoor. So that stuff came a bit easier. But the power stuff, like especially over the last few years, I've worked really closely with my strength and conditioning coach to like develop that, and that is like just for it was just pure grunt work, like get in the gym, work hard, little bit of technique, like even in volleyball, like trying to develop your arm swing, how you how you approach the ball. But it's just, it's just like in the gym. And so what like, kind of stuff do you do in the gym? Uh, a lot of triple extension, like Olympic lifts. So like mm-hmm. our my season's pretty well phased out <laughs> because I have a, a really, really good strength coach. He now works for Sports Scotland. Uh, and he's he's been like really helpful. We picked him up just before our run for the Commonwealth. And I saw like a massive development even like in the last couple of years for myself. So it goes like we we do a lot of isometric stuff in preseason, like then into eccentric, then strength phase, then into like breaking down the Olympic lifts to like the clean and jerk and snatch. And then by the end of the season, you're just like, you've, you've created like that like strength base. And then it's just like doing these movements as like, well as you can as fast as you can with as much weight as you can towards the end of the season so do you, do you enjoy that stuff then or would you prefer to be doing the ball work uh i mean i definitely hated it at the start i was the guy that would be like i'm not i don't need to go to the gym today but now mm-hmm. i really like i'm really missing the gym like i want to i want to get back in the gym really badly uh i think it's a nice because like volleyball stuff can be super technical and like really like oh like you move if you move your hand just this little bit more this way like and it's like millimeters whereas in the gym it's just like here's like 150 kilos like just just go squat it up and down and like there is technical stuff in there but like once that's bedded in it it feels a lot easier so i'm really i really enjoy like the just like just go move weight kind of part of it as well now yeah because once you learn that technique You've learned it. You don't really do it any different way, whereas you're reacting to a ball coming yeah. in. It's different situations all the time, isn't it? How much, I'm yeah. curious to know, how much you like your training? So say you're doing your power, like your plyometric work or whatever, how much of that do you incorporate a ball and stuff like that? And I thought, is it mainly just like, like you said, practicing like the arm techniques and doing like shadow practices? 
Um, so I never really, we, we, there is some stuff you'll do, like your jump stuff, you'll kind of like align with how it would look. Um, but using a ball, you'd only use a ball as like a cue really. So like, mm -hmm. you're not using it to like, so like if you're like doing cardio based stuff, you'd use it like to throw in, like you're going to run down and just like tap it before you go to your next thing. Yeah. But like once we're in the gym, it's, it's only really, I think like my spike approach is really the only kind of thing that we do is very specific uh my strength coach and the one i started with when i was younger are very much like strength equals strength and mm -hmm. it will it will translate like when i need it so there, yeah. there's not too much with like volleyball specific in the gym yeah i suppose you've already kind of mastered those movements over your career yeah yeah so could you give us a wee breakdown of what a week's training looks like then for you during your volleyball playing season so just a typical week maybe I don't know, kind of halfway through it or something, what you would look like from Monday yeah, to Sunday. So, so my indoor season, um, Monday, uh, like most of my, actually almost every day, I'll have a morning session for about an hour, which is uh, skills. So it's like I would do like my core skills that don't have very much jumping and uh, everybody else would be doing their kind of core skills that like they can, it's almost a team practice, but you're working on your own skills. And then uh, it will be like rest for the middle of the day. Then we'll go into the gym, we lift, and then we'll go in for like, that's like an hour and a half. And then we go into like a three hour ball session with everyone there. And that's, that's pretty much every day. Uh, apart from sometimes on Wednesday, we'll have a match. So that would be an hour session in the morning. Like I think it's 9 a.m. was most days. And then the match will be like right in the evening at like 8 p.m. And then on Saturday, we'd always have a match and it would be uh, 9 a.m. hour training and then a match at night. So that was every day. And then Sunday would be my one day that I'd be able to rest. So your Saturday session would just be very chilled out in the morning before the game, obviously. And Super light. Like our coach kind of just wanted to get us out of bed. That was kind of yeah. like guys would show up they'd stretch and then they'd see the physio and they'd be like, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, you just wanted everyone to be there, touch base. And then like, yeah. you can go do your day. Yeah. So was that a three hour session at night? That's mental. Yeah, it was a three hour <laughs> session, but it was, it was like, we'd start pretty slow. And like the start of the week, we, like our coach did a really good job of like, like, you know, like when you go in and you're just like three hours, like boom, boom, boom. It's not like that. It was like, yeah. Three hours of like slowly building up, like super slow. Like our warm ups took ages. We were like, we're in, just like we're getting into it. And like the, the water breaks would be quite long. Guys would leave for like treatment, like go see our physio and like during training. So it was, it seems like a long time, but when you're only like training for four hours a day, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that extended. And how long would your games be within that three hours? Like how long would you do a competitive, full, intense game? Um, our competitive stuff, it would kind of vary through the week. So by the time we got to Friday, we'd be doing, uh, a lot of game stuff because mm -hmm. it would be like less contact on the ball because like volleyball rally lasts for like on average two seconds. I think it was, there's like some crazy stat from, I think the last Olympics, it was like in the whole time they played, like a team made it the whole to the gold medal final they actually only touched the ball for eight seconds and it was all the stuff they were doing off of it was the, the work. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Um, 
it was it was crazy because then you hear it and you're like that's like the amount of stuff you're doing off the ball is what actually matters instead of the context <coughs> so yeah like throughout the week we w- it wouldn't be too much like intense kind of gameplay it's more just like intensity and like the drills and just repping like movements so how often do you monitor your training program then to make sure you're on track with your performance levels like throughout your season how much do you revisit those fitness tests I know you said three months were like the, uh, the power one, but do you, do you have any other ones you yeah. can revisit just to make sure you are in physical tip-top condition? I had my daily uh, RPE that I had to like feed into my program. So like the scale of zero to 10, 10 How being hard. like not good. Yeah, like you're, you're so a uh, rate of perceived exertion, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so yeah, we'd, we'd monitor that and that would be like, reviewed i mean if it got i think any day if it got to a seven that would be an instant like we're we're talking about this we're having a sit down because we had a sports psychologist pre-commerce and it would be like quite uh, like what's going on why are we feeling this way but apart from that we just look at it like it would be a monthly review of the peaks and troughs through the week and through the month and that would be kind of the the main tool we used and we check in with the sports psych as well like every sort like kind of just they come and be like how are you doing like and then you kind of that was a bit more informal how, how useful do you do you find those kind of conversations do you th- think that that helps your game a lot just being able to have that check in and speak if you think like something's going wrong or do you think that's gonna make help to your performance i was i was actually really surprised at how much the sports like helped pre-commonwealth because mm-hmm. we we got our strength and conditioning coach who i thought was like really good because he worked with me like when I was playing in England and we had a really good run that year and uh, then I spoke to my beach partner I was like this the strength coach and then the strength coach actually was like I know the sports psych would you want to speak to her and uh, we were we spoke to her and we were like I think there's added value there and she helped she helped massively and it became like part of our pre-game like ritual almost like we'd sit down we'd do some visualizations and she and relaxation stuff that was actually really big like before we go to bed at night she'd do stuff mm-hmm. in our last sessions and go over some relaxation stuff so they're like and the informal stuff like the more we trusted her the better it got for us yeah and she became quite an integral part of the team uh like and fo- she did formal stuff and the informal stuff but and they both were yeah super valuable i thought i, I mean to begin mm-hmm. with i was uh, quite skeptical but yeah yeah that's interesting so what kind of relaxation things we done? Is that just deep breathing techniques? Yeah, deep breathing, and then it was like we she we'd finished training. Uh, this was a big one when we were in Australia. We'd finish our training for the day, and she'd just get like the whole squad to lie down, like coaches as well, and we'd just like deep breathing, some like pretty chilled visualization stuff, and then we'd just go through like all our muscle groups, like tensing and controlled relaxation of that. Mm-hmm. It was, it, I mean, it was surprising how well I slept after doing all that stuff. It, yeah. was, it was pretty nice. Just takes yeah. your mind Good. off everything else, doesn't it, as well? Yeah, mm-hmm. especially because if, if you've had a bad session or, or even a good session, like if you've had a good session, you go to bed all hyped up, like stuff's going great, or you're going to bed thinking like, oh, today was not a good day, I've wasted a day, and then she's just like kind of taking that and just you're like, oh, same old, yeah. same old, like it's another, mm-hmm. it's another evening. 
Yeah. So see on that, that see on that alright, sorry, on you go. On you no, on you go. You're way ahead of me. This is a man. I'm just moving I'm just moving on to the next question. Oh, right, okay. I was I was just I was just gonna say because we need to take um, take our pupils through like some of those um relaxation techniques, so like the deep breathing and all that, so that's interesting. Because I have seen that one where you've got to like clench your fist and tense up every individual muscle. So it just really brings your yeah. mind to the, the here and now, doesn't it? Like the present. And you're not yeah, it was cool. aren't running away with anything. Start, it's a good it's a good one. Yeah, like we'd start at like our like calves and then just like slowly build up, build up, and then mm. it was like up to your like I don't know, like your shoulders. I kind of forgotten already. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of by by the time I got to my shoulders, I was basically asleep anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to finish the session for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, see, when you're speaking about the positive and negative um, of training sessions, and sometimes you have good and bad training sessions. Yeah. See, when you were at the Commonwealth Games, um, do you have any specific examples that stand out where you had a a positive or negative? experience in terms of your performance and can you maybe tell us a wee bit about that uh i definitely have two pop one positive and negative one one negative <coughs> one that stands out was uh we were in training and we were doing this drill and it was like super repetitive and like my partner and i we were just like starting to like butt heads and then like i just i blurted out something i can't remember exactly what it was and my partner did the most spectacular kick of a volleyball I've ever seen, like, kick this volleyball. I'm pretty sure if he hears this story, he'll, he'll probably go mental on it, but, like, booted it into this school, like, school ground, and the ball went super high. And, like, as soon as he did that, I was just like, oh, mate, like, that's, that's an exceptional kick. And then, like, as soon as he'd done that and I'd said that, like, we were good again. And, like, we got into training and it went straight into match play after that. And the first one he did of the, the thing we'd been repeating, he just, like, he did it perfect. It was, and then we both kind of, like, laughed about it. It was, that was a good one, <laughs> I think, for the, the negative. Because it was, like, the most yeah. off, that could have been the lowest point of our, like, build-up. And it was just, like, it was over in an instant because, like, we both just kind of laughed at one another. Uh-huh. Uh yeah, so but it was it was the shooting that kick. It was it was phenomenal. <laughs> was it brilliant? Uh, oh, it would. It, I think like Murrayfield, it would have went out the roof and then came back in. It was it was massive. Uh, <laughs> was it volleyball or rugby? Yeah, it was a, it was a volleyball and like he connected. <laughs> like Robin, Robin's he's he's like six five. He looks like he should have been a rugby player basically. Yeah, and like he he. You got behind that ball. It was, it was, and that, that's, that's what Ross was saying. He says he's relatively small in the volleyball world. He's like six foot five, I think he said he was. For height, well. yeah, yeah. He's, Hi. he's. I I'm, I'm even smaller. I'm only like six three, but I tell everyone I'm six four, so I feel yeah. better about myself. <laughs> do you know? So do you know Ross then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Ross. I've played a road against Ross a bunch of times, and uh, mm-hmm. I think I played together with him on the national team as well a few times. Good. Brilliant. So, yeah, any, any, any positive experiences, any positive impact from performance? Yeah, we, so we were, I think it might have been our first or second game in the Commonwealth. And we were, it was really tight, both of our games. And we went to a video challenge and we were like, so we're standing like watching a big screen and we're just standing there and it was like the, the tension, like you could feel the tension in the stadium because this was like, 
a big match, even though it was like one of the first two matches, this basically meant like you're getting out of the pool. Like if you win this match, you're through mm -hmm. to the quarters. And we're standing there super tense. I think like if we got the challenge right, we win. If we lose, then it's like we're put ourselves in a really bad position. And we're just standing there and uh, I seen the camera on my back. So I decided I was going to do a little flex for the, for the camera. And uh, my partner like seen it. And he was like instantly, like he felt camera because like he seen that I was very relaxed in the situation. And like, he was like, at that point, he was like, we're, we're winning this match no matter what. So like, that was like a nice little like connection again from us too. Um, mm -hmm. Cause like he literally was like just shaking his head. Cause the, the moment was super tense and he's literally like, you're, you're, you're an idiot, but like he's like, you're you're my idiot, and I was like, yes. Uh, it's almost like positive, positive team positive team dynamics. How you yeah. impact each other, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, one of the big reasons I I wanted to play with Robin is because he's super experienced. Like he was on the way to getting to the Olympics for beach volleyball at London, and he he definitely was like a good fit for me because like on court, like I'll kind of mess around and like try and take away from the like the intensity of the match like mm -hmm. as soon as as soon as the whistle goes though, I'll be like all in on it but and he's very like like focused laser focused so he's it, we were a, a really good match yeah so who was that against i can't remember if it was uh sri lanka who were like really big and like we hadn't really seen them before because they're out of asia but we'd spoken to other teams and they were like these guys are like like really good like all quietly because you never really leave asia uh or it was against sierra leone who just played like world champs were kind of we were like oh, they're not gonna be that good because they're smaller than us but they they pushed us all the way i can't i can't remember so take it, you, take it you won it in the end we did we won we actually won both those games on a challenge uh Probably. yeah so it was kind of a little bit nervous at the end of both those games yeah can imagine so see when you come it comes to kind of balancing work and training um how, how does that work for you then when you're over in california uh so i've been pretty lucky that my work is is volleyball um so i get to like basically my training is work but i've uh over my career i've been like kind of trying to develop what i'll be doing in the future um mm -hmm. So I got my degree, like since then, uh, I did a little bit of work when I was in Holland. I did like a little bit of work while I was playing pro. That balance wasn't too difficult because normally the, the club will find you something that fits really well with training or they get you in with one of the sponsors. So the sponsors realize like you're one of the top athletes. So they're, like, they're not going to see you too much. So that's pretty good. Uh, while I'm over here, this is technically my, my uh, holiday. So it's... Yeah, I'm, I'm meant to be relaxing, but it's the best location I could be for training. So I I train and then I'll I've kind of like interning, doing coaching here. I'll I do beach coaching and I'm working towards getting my personal training qualification. Then I'm looking to get my like American strength and conditioning qualification and then look to do a master's in strength and conditioning. And so, uh, if you're thinking of doing then, you want to be a coach? Yeah, I think that's a. Uh, I, uh, yeah, it'll translate quite well out here. Um, I mean, being a being a volleyball athlete in the UK doesn't really stand you much stead. I've got I've coached before in the UK, like in London, it's quite big. Mm -hmm. 
but over here as soon as you say you're like a professional athlete or like an indoor athlete people are like okay like a good chance come coach for us and then from beach volleyball i've played world tour i mean commonwealths don't hold much like gravitas over here but uh i've played like the american national tour so it's another way to like kind of open doors as well yeah yeah so something you think about isn't it so see your role as a as a volleyball player when you I know you said you touched on your coaching. How much do you do you think that helps you? Like do you think that inspires like is it kids that you coach or is it adults? Yeah, so I I coach uh I coach up like I go up north and it's from where my fiance is originally from and there's like a hundred and twenty girls, I think, every day that we coach. Mm-hmm. Uh and then I do some like senior coaching around where I am. And then uh, back in the UK, I did like university level coaching with uh, some like adult coaching as well. And then when I was in Holland, I did a variation of juniors to uh, like talented uh, junior athletes that were like, they were just about to step into like adult volleyball, basically. So in all age groups so far, I think. So, so how much of a, an impact do you think it has with you having a professional background, like with engagement levels in your coaching sessions? Do you think that's helped you a lot, or um, do you not really notice it? I think it's, I think I think it's helped um, in the Netherlands and a little bit when I was in London, like a little, like not so much, but like when I say like I play professional volleyball, people are like, oh, okay, like maybe what you're saying holds value, but definitely yeah. in America, like I, I was, I've been coaching for three weeks now and uh the the ladies that i train they just found out that like i'm a professional indoor player that played world tour and that definitely they were like oh okay and like you can see them engage more and like they were like they trained really well this week so there's a small Mm -hmm. bit but i think on the whole in the uk like it doesn't it doesn't really like compute almost like that Mm -hmm. you can being a professional volleyball player doesn't mean anything i don't think in the yeah. uk like if they ask what that means you're like well i'm like a football player like i i can i get paid to play mm-hmm. like that's and i have to go to europe because i'm good enough to play in like some really good leagues there and it's still it's just like i, I don't understand so it kind of mm-hmm. it kind of like washes over but i think the people the people that do understand it definitely holds value Brilliant. But I think I think I could do I could do more for sure to inspire younger athletes in Scotland, especially. I think. Mm-hmm. So, what about in terms of do you think what would your, would your thoughts be going into schools and stuff like that? Have you ever done anything like that? Going to schools and take little clinics and for the kids just to try and raise like raise yeah. participation in the sports. I think particularly in Scotland. Uh, yeah, I did. I did a few because um, my dad has like a, a volleyball club there, and he is like at Perth High School he does stuff and my mom's a teacher as well but she she does like computing teaching or IT she'll Mm -hmm. she'll get offended to whichever one I said wrong there (laughs) and uh I'll normally like kind of like go into the schools and do a little bit um and I think I was I did some up in Edinburgh as well because they have quite a solid junior program Uh so yeah I've done I've done little bits like here and there but it's never been like uh kind of like programmed kind of thing it's been more of like mm-hmm. this for the moment kind of in when i'm around because i'm never really in the uk too much anymore. There's, a, there's another future idea for you then yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keep, keep your mind yeah 
So finally then, Sean, what short and long-term goals have you set for yourself with regards to your volleyball? I know you touched on moving on to beach volleyball, but what, you get anything else? Yeah, so I think uh, short-term, um, I'm currently in like trying to get back, like the Corona's kind of held it back a little bit, but I'm looking to play in the American National Tour and be like a main draw player, so not have to like play the qualifier every time and if you're in the main draw, you basically you're getting like money. If you enter, you're in the money basically straight away. So that's that's one of them. Uh, Commonwealth medal is one of them, but I'm currently having a hard time persuading my partner to to play because he's he's a little further on in life. He has three children, and it's, yeah. he understands the amount of commitment it would be to do that. And that's one of them. And then I think it's just to develop my like the coaching the coaching side of my stuff I can try and like yeah engage engage athletes to like even over here like they don't understand that they can go professional so I think that's to get them on board with that anyone anyone can go professional and like even in in Scotland uh, because I'm doing work with like the national team again to like try and be like yeah you can go play pro and then Mm. uh Longer term, uh, win an AVP, which is basically like you beat out the best American teams that are currently all going to the Olympics and uh, get back to playing on the world tour. Um, again, like not just playing qualifiers, but being the main draw. I mean, Sean, see just before, uh, see what you're talking about, your coaching journey. Um, is there any yeah. like coach, is there like a coach education pathway that you go through? Is there any licenses or coaching badges you need to? Take? Yeah, um, in the UK, it's like the UK uh, CC, I think, stuff. But I think right. that's getting like overhauled. Uh, I'm pretty sure they were changing it all. So I got that, and then I'm probably going to look to do like the the FIVB, which is like the world body. They have a beach volleyball specific one that I'll I'll probably look to do. Um, in, in the long term but in america they're a little bit more relaxed they're like if you've because there's a lot of private stuff um it's a lot more like if if you've ever done something they just assume you have good knowledge mm-hmm. so the standard of coaching over here is like pretty mixed um so you don't need any like formal education although if you're going to do university they want a master's kind of like near the, what you're going to be doing so yeah so that sounds as if you're on the right track. We're getting your masters and then the badges, and that'll be you. Yeah. So, so just yeah. moving on to the quick fire round of three, then. So we've got three yeah. just short, sharp questions and answers, yeah. hopefully. So if you could have a billboard anywhere, whether it be Perth in California, whatever, what would it say on it? Uh, I'd probably have to uh, rip off Matt Fraser, and it would be hard work pays off. I think that's good. Yeah. Good. I like that. Always pays off in the end, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, how has how a failure or apparent failure set you up for later success and do you have any favourite or ones that stick uh, out I'm not sure if I've got a singular favourite um, but I think like my whole career has just been a bunch of failures uh, just bundled up together and then I get like my peak and then I'll I'll get a failure again so it's kind of like just a constant like upward journey with a lot of little failures on the way so there's there's no I think major favourite yet. I, don't I think, think that's a brilliant message. Your journey to being a professional volleyball player has been a bunch of failures. I think a lot of people could learn something for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so, so fair, I'm I'm down. 
yeah, like it's been like, I think it's a three year kind of cycle for me. It's like, I'll have one year on the cusp, then one year I'll be a top athlete somewhere. And then it's just like straight back down to the bottom of the bundle again. So yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, so what advice would you have to any young teenage athlete wanting to make their way in the volleyball scene? Uh, you're never, you're never too young. I think, uh, something I got told when I was younger, it was like, oh, don't worry, you're still young. And I, I took it so badly, um, because I was like, I'm, I'm old enough to win. <clears throat> like, I, I'm like, age has nothing to do with it. Like it's, yeah, I don't think it's uh-huh. got anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. So like, just if you want to go do it and just get after it. Probably. I also think you're never too so, old so, as well. There's been a few of us spoken to on this that have broken into their sports at yeah. an older age as well, which is also quite a good message. Yeah. Because it still, still gives people some hope. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. I think I think it was yesterday we were talking about. So one of the best indoor players in the world. He start. He was on his national team when he was 14, captain by the age of 17, and he's like a millionaire. He's one of the few millionaires in volleyball in indoor volleyball. Wow. And then we were talking about one of the top Canadian uh, women players, and she started volleyball at the age of 20. And she was, I think, within three years, the one of the best players uh, on the beach. So it goes both ways. Yeah, I was yeah, listening absolutely. to the Open Goal Football podcast today, and a player down south that played with one of the guys that was on the show, started working in Marks and Spencer's till he was 26, and then yeah. became professional full time. So yeah. it's never, you're never too late. Um, so well thanks again for agreeing to do this today Sean and give us an, a, yeah, give us an insight into your training as a volleyball player we appreciate your time yeah. thanks a lot no problem yeah thanks for having me I think that was a, a very interesting interview there with Sean he touched on a lot of good points with, with volleyball so do you have as always we do have our takeaway messages um, and we're going to start with Mr Burrow first what's your takeaway message from that anything that you've that's stuck in your head no, I mean, I've got so many things noted down here, Lewis, my friend. I mean, when I asked him, but the, probably the one that comes to the front of my mind at the minute is the one where I asked him, um, has a failure or apparent failure set him up for later success? I then followed up with, does he, does he have a favourite? He then, he then said, I don't know if you remember, back in the back, <laughs> he said that his whole professional career has been a bunch yeah. of failures. And I think that's just, that's just a nice kind of message to, to everyone out there. Um, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to it, especially athletes. I know of myself when I'm running, I'm trying to train for a, a marathon, that you have so many many failures through your training program. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about trying to the come na- back the nature up of the beast. Well, oh, use that saying in here. Well, the nature of the beast. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's unpredictable. It's unpredictable. You don't know if you're going up. You don't know. You don't know what's going around the corner. But it's about yeah. how you react to it. And I think he was really open and honest about that. And a bunch of failures I think, um, brilliant isn't it it's a bunch of failures I mean it's just up and, and down then, I don't know what's next and then look at the career he's had inspirational he, said, he, also, he also said he also said he works in three year cycles um, as well so he has a lot of failures within those three years um, one minute he's at the top competing in the Commonwealth Games next minute he's at the bottom of the bundle I'm sure mm-hmm. he said so it takes a lot of resilience to come back from that um, did you have a key takeaway message Lewis yeah, I don't know if I, I mentioned it in a, a previous episode of that, and I apologise if I do, but I feel like with all the athletes that we've interviewed, I think it's been amazing to see how they've all adapted their training during the lockdown, when we always ask that question. Um, and that was a prime example there, how Sean was being creative with his training. He says he got a barbell from his sister, 
had managed to find ways to increase the weight using bands and yep. things like that. And he's actually managed to reduce his weight and um, stay in peak shape. It's when he's talking about doing his fat percent, his body fat percentage tests, and um, he's not even used a gym. So it just shows you what can be achieved if you've got the willingness, the determination, and the commitment to your sport, and you've got the discipline to stick to it. Absolutely. Um, there's always a way. Don't let anybody stop you. If there's a will, there's any... a way. Exactly. There's, I know we've been in lockdown and that's been a massive barrier or supposed barrier for everyone, but there's always a way that you can get around about it and adapt your training to make sure you're still staying in top condition. Top class. As always, if you see it on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter, we would appreciate it if you could give us a share or a retweet as it helps get the podcast out there so others can listen to it as well. Until next time, we hope you have a fantastic week and take care.